0: Hello, hello, hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa succede? Ni hao, Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. We have a fantastic show for you today for a couple reasons. First of all, it's show 400. Thank you for riding with us this long. It's been a stellar journey. Thus far, we've featured guests from over 50 countries in a variety of fields, and today we bring back one of my favorite guests who is really the primary reason why today is a great show, and that's comedian, writer, singer, performer, musician, and all-around great guy, Matt Bouchelle. Matt was featured as a guest earlier on this year, and he talked about his life in comedy and his writings and where he comes up with ideas and how he stays creative. Today, Matt checks in on his career and gives us an update on the projects he's working on, but today's focus is on my three questions. It was quite a surprise to hear that one of his musical accomplishments over the last year is similar to that of Alice Bellini, another recent guest. On today's episode, we talk about comedy, books, Kanye West, Nintendo 64, a little bit of everything. It's such a delightful conversation, but it always is with Matt. It always is. We've been incredibly lucky to have so many exceptional guests. We've been extremely fortunate to have connected with Matt this year, and I look forward to all the amazing things he's going to accomplish. He's one of the greatest guests on this show, or on any show for that matter. Oh, and you would think that after 400 episodes, we would know what we were doing. But for whatever reason, at the start of our conversation, I foolishly forgot to hit record. So it picks up right as I noticed my mistake. Hopefully, hopefully, within the next 400 episodes, or maybe by episode 1000, I'll finally learn how to produce a podcast. Huh. But elated to bring him back. So let's go ahead and welcome writer, comedian, musician. He's a lifelong learner, and my favorite New Yorker. Matt Bouchelle, and let's learn. I didn't click record. Okay, <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> well, so then now you've, come, you've, you've been, been punked. You've been punked, and we'll start yeah. over. We won't. We yeah, won't tell you by what we're laughing at, but maybe yeah. I'll get the gist of it as we start over. But <laughs> welcome back, Matt. Welcome back. Bring bring me up to date. Bring everyone up to date for the first time. Me for the second time. On yeah. what, what you're working on well thank you first of all thank you again for having me <laughs> um, no I, I appreciate you having me on um episode 401 now that was that was the previous one
1: so. yeah yeah that was a quick little 400 um what, what have i been working on i will tell you what i have not been working on is that's right
0: and do we have time for the things you yeah. know we're <laughs> gonna yeah
1: <laughs> i have not been uh making as many videos as i used to and the reason being uh nothing specific nothing like happened i just feel like I used to be, that was my main focus when I woke up every day. It was like trying to come up with funny stuff to put out there. Um, And I think I've just gotten more comfortable in my own skin and not comparing myself to others that seem to be doing more than me. Um, I still make videos if I have a really funny idea, but I've kind of shied away from being like, oh my God, oh my God, it's been a week since you posted something. You have to post something. I've kind of like let that mentality uh, die, which I think has been healthy for my mental health. (laughs) And, um, what I have been working on though is I've been trying to get back into writing more because I used to write a lot. And over the past few months, I've kind of been busy with different gigs and things. And, uh, I, I just been, I just want to create more materials. I want to write more scripts. I want to have more things out there because, um, I don't feel like I do enough of that in my free time. So I just finished a new half hour comedy pilot this weekend that I'm excited about. I can't tell if I like it yet I'm, I'm like doing rewrites of it uh, I did one today and it feels funny but it feels good to even have something like that and be working on stuff again and um, in addition to that I'm, I'm making a lot of new music I have a project that I'm wrapping up soon uh, of new original music and that may or may not factor into this biz- bigger musical idea that I'm trying to put together like a Broadway musical type script so those are the kind of the big things I'm doing right now to kind of make me feel like I'm achieving something day in day
0: out (laughs) yeah well and and maybe that part into the next question of achieving something day in day out you do the videos and that's something you can do it's shorter it's smaller you can do those day in day out whereas writing on pilot and musical aspects take longer so how do you balance that as far as i want to do something that's big but that's just a lot of work and you really sometimes you can't see the you can't see the finish line so it's harder for you to focus on that yeah it's that's i mean you know that it's 100 percent that i think that's why i put off
1: some of the stuff because when you have a video get a lot of like responses it feels very gratifying and if you're writing a pilot it, it feels like brutal and it's like even when you like the idea and you think you have some funny moments it still feels like well even if this is the best thing i've ever written no one's even gonna best case scenario we sell this somewhere and it gets made but like it feels, yeah, it can feel like a slog and you have to kind of like push yourself through because um, there is no immediate reward to that kind of, kind of work. Um, easy to abandon it too. <laughs> so you got to like kind of stay focused and do that. But the rewards are, you know, a lot bigger to me than just like, you know, another
0: video. So Yeah. When you elected to take a break from not doing them as compulsive the videos, was there a lot of fear there in the sense of, gosh, if I don't post out a video tomorrow, everybody's going to forget about me.
1: Yeah, I was actually just talking about this with a comedian uh, friend of mine. Her name's Tess Gatuzo. And uh, she, her name is, I think it's Tess Please on Instagram. I'll plug her real quick. She's very I'll funny. Give her, I'll give her a ring. Um, but she and I were talking about that feeling of like, you feel like you constantly have to be cranking stuff out mm-hmm. or else you like will lose your relevancy or you'll lose maybe opportunities or something. And it's tricky because like, it's totally like a made up thing in my head and her head and other comedians' heads. But like, you can't like i can pinpoint specific things opportunities i've gotten via people like dming me and like specifically referencing like a video like oh this is so funny have you ever thought about doing this we'd love to talk and you're like oh so people are watching this i do need to keep making stuff but how important is it i don't know you know (laughs) it's hard to say
0: when it comes to writing a pilot i know that i've read that when screenplays and everything you got to catch people's attention in the first paragraph first sentence first page well, how do you do that in a pilot? How do you put your, some of your best ideas initially out there, but also saving stuff for later in the end? I mean, it, it must be hard knowing, like, do I use my best jokes right off the bat?
1: Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, you just saying that, like, stressed me out. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, what's my first What's my first scene? I started thinking, I was like, is it good? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, yeah, you have to, like... I've recently read a big thing about that too, of like you have to write something so killer up top or else like people will stop reading. And I, yeah, I agree with that. This one I just did is very like slice of lifey. It's kind of like, it, it doesn't, it's not very like hooky and exciting off the jump. So I am thinking about that now, but I think the, the, I'm not a great pilot writer. Like it's not my, my number one skill set. I would say is writing pilots. I think I'm okay at it. And I think, you can learn to be good. And that's why I'm trying to get back into the habit of writing, writing, writing every day because writing a pilot is so much different than writing a 30 second tweet video. You know what I mean? It's like a, such a different skill set. And I hope that you would read it and want to read to the end just because it's funny enough off the bat and it's interesting and it's my voice, which I think is unique, but I'm yeah. sure everyone thinks their voice is unique. So it's like, it's hard to know. It's, 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 it's like, that's what makes it so difficult, I think, to stick with projects like that because you know you have to like be so impressive in them for them to go anywhere. And even when you think it's good, you're still in your little vacuum of writing, the very like solitary work, you know?
0: I've learned that through creating things, you can get inspiration from anywhere. And oftentimes it's the genres that you aren't working on. If you're working on a comedy, it's to look in dramas or fantasy stories to get ideas. So do you go outside of your typical genre to find other inspiration?
1: Yeah, I honestly don't even consume that much comedy to be like, I'm trying to think like, I I watch a lot of news and like, like, like I'm trying to think what I want. I do watch scripted stuff, but like I read a lot. I, I know we've talked about books a lot before. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think like that's what's so difficult too about writing a comedy, like, like, com- like writing a scripted comedy, you know, like what jokes are like, but when you're doing something like that you start to lose your mind. You're like, is any of this funny? Like, cause it's such a different like skill set than like the very quick stupid stuff I do on Instagram is that it's just such a different like sense of humor and sensibility. And so when you're writing like words on a page, you're like, I just wish I could say this so they understand what I'm trying to like, convey. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's hard. It's difficult.
0: During NCAA tournament right now, they often show commercials for all the shows. And often when I'm seeing them, they'll show obviously some of the funniest parts in the commercials. And I'll see them. I'll think, who watches this? Who, is, who thinks this is funny? <laughs> yeah. And I have to remind myself that there's a spectrum of comedy. That yeah. there are things that are incredibly hilarious, but then for the general public, there's this window of things that are hilarious and you got to apply to everybody. You got to appeal to everybody. So yes. how do you do that? How do you know? Because you were there, you were questioning of, is anybody going to read this? I if anyone thinks think this is funny, but yeah. it's not just for you. You're not writing a show for a bunch of Matt. You're yeah. writing for a general population, the bell curve general population, which that spectrum of comedy is a lot wider.
1: Yeah, it's, there's a... <laughs> there's a huge spectrum of comedy, but you're right. There's a huge spectrum of of viewers and consumers. (laughs) And it's like this, like this pilot I wrote is not meant to be a multi-camp sitcom on CBS. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's somewhere between, you know, I'm not going to get into the project, but like the point is, it's like, yeah, there's so many different types of things now, which I think is a benefit in a lot of ways. I mean, there's so many outlets between all the streaming services and the major networks and the cable networks. Um, that formats even can be whatever you know it used to be like like that's the thing too when I'm writing a script now I'm like there used to be like kind of rules about like you know you, you should break this down to three acts and you should be at, at page 15 when this happens and like but now shit's so crazy that like you can have like a six episode show and each episode varies from length from 20 minutes to 40 minutes like there's no real rules anymore as long as it's good stuff so I'm kind of operating under that lens now of like just make this very good and interesting and let someone else deal with like what is this 30 minutes on fx or is this an hour on you know hulu or whatever this becomes and so i'm just i'm trying to just think of like good 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 let let the rules figure themselves out later
0: and you're right even the standard timing of a show of x amount of minutes before first commercial breaks x amount of second that's yeah so with with that how do you know at the end of it if you if rules are all thrown to hell how do you know you did it right i don't I don't know anything. I've yeah, done. Yeah.
1: You're, you're catching me at a time where I don't know. I'm not I'm confident in myself. I do. I do believe in my abilities. But yeah, like, yeah. there is something about it that is truly like I probably said, like, I have no idea if this works many times over the weekend looking at it, because you're like, you're, you're thinking about that. You're like, how would this actually play out? Where would this air? What would it look like? Who would be in this? And it's like, I think it works in my head, but there's really no way of knowing and I, I'm just at this point, where I'm trying to like, do something that that shows what i'm capable of because this is also you know this pilot i'm writing is not necessarily to to be sold as much as it's to be used as a sample as well so like you know like my agent would take this out to places that are hiring writers for shows Mm -hmm. and and ideally it would show them that i have a unique enough voice to work in their room that they think i could help in some way um and so it's like you're trying to impress like Fifty different types of people with this sample. You're trying to impress your agent. You're trying to Im- impress potential showrunners. You're trying to impress middle America. If this ever got sold, you know, it's it, you can't like overthink it. You just have to hope it's funny. And yeah, the an- the short that's a long answer. The short answer is yeah, I have no idea if it's working yeah. or if it. And will so work.
0: part of that just the success of it is just completing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. In some ways, I was very very happy Saturday afternoon when I finished the first draft and was able to just be like, okay. And I knew it needed work immediately, but I was like okay we have something we have something to play with now whereas like you know two weeks ago i didn't have anything and it's like okay now i can like use this as a jumping off point point. and a lot of times i think and i i wish i thought this way more often because it does feel like it comes in like little like lightning bursts but i do wish i was more you know proactive about just like being like well just vomit it out just vomit out the idea and even if you know some of the dialogue is like not what you want it to be just get the thing done and then you can go back. You can go back a thousand times on this thing and fix it and make it as sharp and funny as you want to make it. But you can't do that until you spit out the thing and do the hard work of clickety-clackety, typeity-typeity, you know.
0: When you completed that the next day and, you know, for your, your daily run, was there a moment of peace because of that, of satisfaction, I finished it? Or is there a whole new swarm of ideas swirling around?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, like... You know how it is like when you're doing like creative stuff, it's like even doing this thing. I had like other ideas yeah. where I was like, is that the fun? Is that what you should be doing right now? Like, shouldn't you be writing that type of part? Like you can't, it's, your brain is like so crazy when you're doing stuff like this. You like talk yourself in and out of so many things, but that's, yeah, it's definitely relief when you're done because it's like, thank God, there was nothing. And now there's something. It's like a miracle every time it happens. I feel that way about anything I do, whether it's making music or 'Cause it's like you start you always start with a blank slate and you're just like, Well, I hope to God like something comes out and, and we have something to show when this is all said and done. And and, and yeah, there's more stuff I want to do and I need to fix it and whatnot. But I don't really worry about that. I, I'm just happy that there's something where there was
0: nothing. Fantastic. I love I love just talking to you about the creative process. You're very introspective and you're honest with it too, which is it's it's so cool to see it. Oh, I'm glad. All right, here we go. Are my three stuff or...
1: Oh, God. So I just want to preface this by saying I, I'm not good at this kind of stuff. Like, I, I'm very bad at, like, remembering things, like, like, specific, like, titles and stuff, but I'll try my best. All right.
0: All right. Well, first of all, you did mention books early, and books are something of one of our we're kindred spirits in our reading. Absolutely. Your three books that mean the most to you so
1: this is tough because I wasn't like a super big reader in college Mm -hmm. in high school. Like I did what I
0: did. Same here. Yeah.
1: And I've, I've only in the past like five or six years really gotten back into like heavily reading. Um, so I'm going to pick three books from like that, this new era of my Mm -hmm. reading life. And, um, the first one is we were eight years in power by Ta-Nehisi Coates. That's a collection of essays he wrote. Um, it was like one of my first exposures to a lot of the, the race issues in America and the history of race in America. It was fantastic. It's really well written. And anyone can get into it and understand and learn and still be like amazed by his like his writing. Um let's see. Second book. Um I wrote these down. Let me find this. Edit this out.
0: <laughs> Oh, you knew I was gonna ask books, right? <laughs> I wanted to write down a
1: couple books to talk about. Um, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel by Alexander Chi. Um I've never read any of his fiction. Um, ever, which is bad. I've read like a short story by him maybe, but I've never like read any novels or collections. But this book is like essays he wrote about just like coming into his own person and, and his creative process and how he started to become more of an author and how he overcame imposter syndrome and overcame not feeling like his ideas were anything interesting. And no matter what you work in, I, I think it's like really valuable for anyone, even if you don't do creative work. It's like, it's, it's just very much about like being comfortable in your own skin and like evolving that way. It's, it's fantastic. And it's super like easy breezy. You could you can yeah. knock it out in like a week. Um, and then another one is kind of like a wild card. I read a novel last year that I still think about It's called chemistry, um, by Waiki Wang. Hmm. It's like, it's a very short book. Um, but it's kind of written in like these little like bullet points almost like there's no paragraph longer than like five or six sentences. And most of them are like one or two. And it's just her wrestling with the idea of like, I can't remember all the details of the, of the plot, but it's, it's like a woman who's in a relationship that's kind of fading and she's in grad school and she's not sure if she likes doing that anymore. And it's just really, really beautiful and it's quick and it's funny. And it made me think like, that was one of the books that made me think like, maybe I could like write something like this because the style is very, I don't want to say it's like tweets, but it is so quick and like funny and like a page could have two sentences and then you flip it. Like, but it tells a quick story in a way that was different than most books I read growing up where sometimes they felt long and boring and not, not always capturing your yeah. attention.
0: Another example of throwing away rules. of, yeah, of what yeah. A traditional book Yeah. Can be. I
1: think that's why it stuck with me. Cause I was like, Oh, you can do books. books can be like this. Yeah. So like it was really cool. I was like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it.
0: What are three things that you can do now that you couldn't do five years ago?
1: Wow, that's a really good question, man. What are three things I can... <laughs> huh. um Well, I would have been 26 What was I doing for a living five years ago 2016? It's probably in between jobs. I Can Hmm well, I'll start with a kind of a silly one. I can play the ukulele pretty well now. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I, I never really played ukulele, but this past year I got really into it because it was just—it's always been in the apartment, and I started doing new tracks with ukulele, and I, I had a lot of fun learning how to play it. Um, and uh, a little bit of a cheat because I can play guitar, but like it is a different instrument, and it's—it's yeah, yeah. been—I've really enjoyed that. That's something I, I couldn't have done back then. Um, let's see what else five years ago i couldn't do that. it makes you wonder about growth doesn't it yeah, like what yeah. have, I really, how have i really changed has anything you can't changed? think of three yeah yeah like what what couldn't i have done I, I will say this is gonna sound really like cocky but i i can like i can like meet with certain people that i never could have imagined that i like I, i've gotten to meet and talk mm-hmm. to certain people i never would have guessed and collaborate mm-hmm. with people um that's growth that.
0: too. That's not cocky that is growth yeah, yeah.
1: it's just the, the the online stuff has really like opened a lot of doors for me in the past two years whereas before i literally didn't even use any of that stuff and uh yeah five years ago i would have never guessed that i'd be like talking to some of the people i've gotten to talk to and like work on projects together so that's been really um really really rewarding in a lot of ways and um i will say like i'm, I'm getting more comfortable with how i look where five years ago i think i wasn't so comfortable on camera and stuff and like Mm -hmm. I've seen myself now so many times and like the things I edit and I've done some like tv shows and like I think five years ago I would have been very anxious about that kind of stuff because I was very like not camera shy but just I didn't like doing stuff like that and now I'm at a place where I'm pretty comfortable in my like you know in my own skin and like seeing myself and being like yeah this is who this is what you look like and this is how people are going to perceive you and I've got a better like comfort with all that so
0: I think when you're in your 20s, we go through styles, personality styles, and how we look more quickly. When you get to 30s, yeah. you're like, "This is how I look. I'm good. I'm fine with it." And, and yeah. number four, number four on your list is you can write a pilot now. Yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I've written things back then, but nothing nothing of the caliber that I'm doing now. I, I was just always like trying stuff, but I do feel like I'm more laser focused now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now th- this question might be applicable to when you were 26, but what are three activities, hobbies that you do now? that when you do it, you lose track of time?
1: Oh, I got it. I mean, this is an easy one for me. <laughs> I mean, for sure, it's it's playing piano is the number one thing. Um, when I'm playing piano, if if it's going well, I am, yeah, you, you do enter like a different place where you're like just kind of experimenting and writing. And, uh, you know, sometimes I practice other people's songs, but sometimes I just kind of noodle around. And that's where some of my best stuff comes from, to be honest. Um, and I don't sit at the piano for hours, but like, you know, 10 minutes can become 40 minutes pretty quickly if things are going well. And that's those are some of my like most rewarding, uh, you know, sessions. Um, number two, running, for sure. I love running. I think we talked about that a bit last time. So I won't get into it super hard. But I'm so happy right now, because it's so warm again, in New York. <laughs> and like, February was so incredibly miserable. It was like 25 degrees every other day. And when that happens and I and when I can only run like once a week without like freezing freezing um, it just it just bums me out like now I'm getting out I'm getting Sun and I can get lost in like a long run because I don't run with music or anything. I just kind yeah. of am out there and uh, Yeah, I mean that's great. That's like some of the best use of my time um, I'm
0: trying to think and and before you get to number three, what's your your decision at a stoplight? Are you jogging place guy? Are you mm. just stop and just do it, or what, what's because that could be a tough decision? I know that I'm, when I'm out running, there's something about jogging place guy that I never wanted to be, but you're like I also don't want to stop. It's yeah, I I'm
1: fortunate enough that a lot of the routes I do here are in like Central Park or somewhere okay. where I don't have to deal with it. But when I, I do do routes that are out in traffic and. I find that I am a I'm a pacer. Like if I get to a light, I just kinda walk in a circle. I don't I don't I don't jump up and down. I don't do that that, stationary jog. There's there's something about it that seems like Inauthentic. Why is it why is it
0: inauthentic? I don't know.
1: Well it's like you're not getting anything out of that. Like there's no way your heart rate's gonna like drop so slowly after if you don't keep moving. Like
0: I don't know. I I don't It's it's almost it's it's subconsciously it's like, hey everybody I'm an up, athlete. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not out for a walk. I came out for a run today. You're just catching me at the wrong thirty seconds as you drive by.
1: Yeah, I'm like very much like uh, hands on my hips, walk around in a circle for a couple seconds, catch my breath. That that's my move, I think. Um I do love the jogger in place though. It is a very funny thing. I, I, I do wonder if it's like people with like smart stuff, like Fitbits and things. I sometimes I'm like maybe they're just like trying to do something to keep their their thing going i don't know the
0: weird daily anxiety things that come up like that yeah
1: oh yeah it's strange yeah (laughs) it's funny though um and yeah let me think the thing where i get lost doing um gosh i i still i still love like a good video game with a friend like i can Mm -hmm. play like uh a game that like makes me think with like a friend online or something is so enjoyable um anything to just like zone out at the end of the day and like relax is is very nice
0: well then i'm gonna ask on the next your top three video games your top three video games in which you've spent the most hours on in your life oh god
1: well the (laughs) the embarrassing thing is the ones i've spent the most amount of time with are probably not even my favorites it's (laughs) just like like going through like a weird couple years where you're addicted to something Mm -hmm. um three favorite video games that I will tell you, I, I, I can almost nail this one. Okay. Uh, Mario 64 without okay. question, favorite game of all time. Okay. Um, masterpiece. <laughs> it's like, I could talk about Mario 64 <laughs> for hours, the music, the colors. I, I never, I'll never forget like playing it at my friend's house and like thinking like, this is the happiest I've ever been. Like just like running around this world, listening to the music, doing backflips and shit. Yeah. I, it was just like the most exciting thing. Uh, Mario 64 and in, in a very similar vein, uh, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time is up there for sure. Same kind of thing. I like remember thinking like, oh my God, we're we're playing songs on an ocarina. You're you're riding a horse around this. field. It just felt so huge when you were like seven years old. I was like, I can't believe this This is the coolest thing. Um, Those two have probably the most impact. Uh, I, I still think about the music and stuff. I think it got me into composing and stuff um a third video game i'd probably say the smash brothers series okay. in general the super smash Brothers games i played hours and hours of playing those sleepovers as a kid and then even growing up to this day i still play them with like my cousin online and stuff it's, yeah. I, I love those games they're perfect
0: you know i never owned a 64 but oh, man. you know, i went from like sega genesis right to playstation i uh-huh. that t- but i spent many hours and one of my top three of all time is goldeneye on the 64. oh
1: goldeneye is great i I'm, i so many hours playing. Yeah, Golden so many League. hours. So many. Yeah, hours. I just found that like, I like I just gravitated more towards like the the weird single player adventures. Like I played, like I loved those kind of games. Um, played the hell out of them. Which, <laughs> what What were your other? Good. Do you have any other? I want to hear your other video games. I'm curious.
0: Well, I play FIFA a lot now. Just oh, on my phone. FIFA. So yeah, any yeah. iteration of FIFA, and then probably one of the fighting games would have to make the top three. I mean, I spent many many hours doing a Mortal Kombat. Or oh, yeah, yeah, or even yeah. Tekken on the PlayStation. Tekken, yeah, for sure. You'd probably say you probably say NCAA football too. Was was yeah, a, was a big
1: yeah. One. I played. My, I had an older brother who would play all the sport games, and so I would play those with him. But I tended to be like playing the more like weird, like uh, you know, like banjo and kazooie, like like those kind of games, like the weird adventure games.
0: It's it's funny how how important they are into, into our lives and everything. And oh, I've always yeah. made it a point like only have one on the phone, never more than one, because I spend too much just time on one game. So it's yeah, like, I don't play one. any
1: games on my phone because I know that's a slippery slope. I don't <laughs> want to do it; <laughs> it'd be bad.
0: <laughs> Obviously, music is something. So, how about your three favorite concerts you've ever attended? And I'll count a festival as well in that.
1: Concerts is hard, I have to say. Like, I I go to shows, but I don't go to as much live music as you might expect for someone who's like into music so much. Mm -hmm. I I could do like. uh, How about we allow
0: it to be as well? Like, be you could even say uh, a musical as well. We'll we'll put that in.
1: Hmm,
0: that's an interesting one.
1: I'm trying to think the three like like things that have like hmm, like my favorite artist of all time. I'll I'll say it like this: my favorite artist of all time is Kanye West and he has you know gone through the ringer made some choices in the past three four years that i have not agreed with um but he's you know a grown man he can do what he wants but um, <laughs> i've never seen him live and that's one of the biggest regrets of my life because I'm, i am starting to wonder if i'll ever, <laughs> if we'll ever tour again or ever do a show or do a project that i'm super excited about like i used to be um so that's a real bummer so it's like tough for me to be like what are my three favorite concerts when they're all great but it's like I think about the people that I wish I had seen. Like, I used to love Blink 182, still do, but love them. Never seen them live either. Like, I, I guess I'm taking your question and bastardizing it, but I would no, say, like, you questions. I could answer it with like three artists I wish I could see. Let's hear still, it. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. It would be Kanye West. It would be some version of Blink 182 where Tom joins the band again. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me think who else would I love to see? God, it's tricky. It's
0: tricky. You the, the we'll even thing. say it could be historical if you said you wish you would say oh. it. Maybe Otis Redding.
1: Maybe yes. Otis Redding. He, I I I love watching concert footage of him. That's like one of my weird like YouTube things. I'll go down and watch Otis Redding live and he's a monster. He was unbelievable. <laughs> like, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: we are one and the same in many areas, but especially for our Kanye West devotion, especially, like he says in his most recent album, like the old Kanye, but especially early Kanye. So... The three Kanye songs that mean the most to you—not necessarily favorite, but mean the most—I know that could overlap. Yeah,
1: dude. I yeah, I could do a deep dive on Kanye. It's like (laughs) excited. Yeah, I mean the the three songs that mean the most. I I guess I would say "Runaway" is is probably the most incredible song I think he's ever done. It's his song. Yeah. It's 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 just a beautiful song, and that outro especially with the the, ball- the music vis- the visuals as well oh yeah i don't listen to it without piano. thinking about the ballet yeah. oh yeah it's it's gorgeous and like the last five minutes of that song it's like i still get chills listening to it it's like i heard it for the first time and, and you could probably even hear that influence on my stuff like doing like the auto tune over the piano the, like rumbling and that distorted sound i i just it like stayed with me forever I, so runaway is like the clear like yeah. song he's done that influenced me the most or that like impacted me the most um, I love the first three albums, but I honestly don't think about the songs from them as much as, like, as much as, like, some of the newer stuff. Like, every song on Yeezus is incredible to me. I think Yeezus is, like, if, if, if it's not Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus is my favorite mm-hmm. um, album he ever did. Uh, specifically, um, gosh, spe- specifically uh, New Slaves is such a powerful song. Um, I think it's some of his best lyrics. I think it's really, really intense. And I think it has that gorgeous outro uh, with like Frank Ocean and then everything. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, And a third song, um, gosh, I really liked that uh, era where he was doing songs with Paul McCartney and Rihanna and four or five seconds was one of the ones that came out. And that's not my choice, but I I love that song. But he put out a song called Only One around that time. I don't know if you remember that. It was just kind of like a Rhodes keyboard Mm-hmm. And and him kind of singing about it was like him singing from the perspective of his late mother to him. It was just amazing. It's amazing. I think he's one of my favorite singers of all time, which I know sounds crazy, but I think because he's not like, you know, the best singer, but I think he does things melodically. And I could listen to him sing that like half autotune voice over anything. I'm like, yeah, it's just it just goes where I want to go. Like wherever my ear is going, it's like he knows it and goes there. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted that to sound like. It's it's amazing how we can do that
0: so wonderfully well said i've got runaway number one
1: uh-huh. uh
0: that never let me down off album one with jay-z yeah that's a great one that's a great um, one and then probably it's actually it's probably amazing uh off 808 uh, something yeah. about that one with jay-z on there too that's but, huge uh, Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> that like, it's it's so good man that's but a great I think, I think dark fantasy is his best album but uh yeah this Beautiful. this could be this could be a tougher part of the question. If you could, if you can't think of three, just give me one. But what's his best verse with the lyrics where you were just like, "That was fantastic." But I'll go first. I'll go first. So so the second, yeah. his second verse on late registration on "Gone When He Comes." Uh 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 mm. uh, on, uh, uh uh. I'm ahead of my time sometimes years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I think is. That's and he also and, and to tie with that, he did a song on a Dilated Peoples album and before he became really big. And it was the song was called "This Way."
1: yeah 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 i know this way yeah
0: <laughs> i think that's his best verse yeah, well, those really are my two funny. favorite kanye verses
1: there's some really funny lyrics in that song i'm trying to remember yeah, it's like yeah.
0: a- my favorite girl want to leave me just because i got a girlfriend my my white girl want to move back to michigan i'm pulling girls off the bench like a six man like,
1: yeah oh. i'm pulling girls off the bench like a six man
0: we saying really the same things girl. like a synonym i wasn't really yeah. spitting game i was scrimmaging <laughs> was funny, yeah. It was very funny stuff. Yeah.
1: That, that Kanye West is such a different man. <laughs> Just weird jokes and stuff. But yeah, I, I do know that song. I, I want to look it up now. That that's the the hook. That's like I can't live by I, I can't live by that song. <laughs> I haven't heard that in forever. That's such a deep cut.
0: I became a Kanye fan after the one on Slow Jams where he said she got a light skin girl look like Michael Jackson got dark skin look like Michael. Yeah, Jackson. yeah,
1: yeah, I'm yeah, Canadian. yeah. Yeah, he used to be so funny. I mean, he's always he's still got an incredible sense of humor. I feel like, but I'm trying to think of, like a verse I really really like. I mean, New Slaves is is to me pretty amazing. I mean the whole like last verse where he's talking about like they're probably all in the Hamptons bragging about what they made, talking about like the privately owned prisons and, and he's just and then he just fucking loses it and he's like, Fuck you and your Hampton house Like he's just like so it's such an aggression, but it's so like like, like, I think one of the lines, like they're throwing contracts at me. You know that guys can't read, and it's like it's just very aggressive and like, but real and intense. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's. I think it's when he's at his best, and he's like very pissed off about something specific. And which is great, which is that. good. It's a good yeah, thing. Quite often for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I did see him on his second tour late registration. Um, oh, that's so cool! Small, a small venue, probably five thousand people. Yeah. Three things that you would go back and tell. <laughs> I want a question. So yeah. <laughs> Three things you would go back and tell yourself ten years ago hmm. could be advice. It could not be advice. Could be just something funny. You're like, "Hey, I'm from the future, and I want to tell you that buy stock in iPhones." Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy
1: GameStop precisely nine years later at this date only. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I would tell myself, and maybe this will be all three at once. It, the large theme would have been to just like calm down and uh, you know be patient and stop thinking that the world owes you anything i think is what i would say because i think i used to have this mentality back then of like you're you're so good at this stuff you're gonna be this like thing and the reality was i wasn't doing 10 percent of the work i'm doing now and i think i just thought like oh you'll just get in the right position and something will happen and that was very stupid i think i kind of coast on that for like five or six years of thinking like shucks why isn't the world giving me all these things come on and like and it's like well no the world only perceives you as what you give them. So like, I wasn't generating things. I wasn't putting out stuff. So I was like, I was getting all mad about not getting jobs. I wanted and stuff. And I was like, well, you're not, <laughs> no one knows you can write. No one knows you can act. No, you have to like make the stuff so people can say, Oh, that guy can do that. And I think 21 year old me just thought like, Oh, this will all just work out perfectly. If you just show up and it's like, no, 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 you gotta be patient, but do the work and stop like blaming others
0: what 3 days would you love to relive and not change anything but just these were 3 days that you loved so much that were important to you and you'd love to experience again
1: i uh, i feel like this is kind of a, a crappy answer but i to lump multiple days in but i do feel like i've been lucky to be a part of like a lot of really close friends weddings and i feel like anytime a good friend is getting married i really enjoy that because i do feel like that's like an expression that i'm not always like great with like i feel like when i see a, such a close friend like that, you know getting married and experiencing like that real romantic love I, I i find that very exciting and it gets me emotional and i like being around for that um, especially if i'm like in the wedding in some capacity or like helping out it feels very uh feels very nice to see that and be so close to that kind of feeling so that would be like one type of day um I'm trying to think day to relive i mean I, it's, it's, it's weird to like make it a career thing, but there are some days that like, like, I, I do feel like I've had some milestones in the past year of just like meetings with different people where you feel like you almost want to relive it. Not because it was like, oh my God, you just sold this huge thing. Like, it's not like I've had anything like that happen, but it's like, I wish I could go back and be like, wow, you're doing it. Like you're, you're doing this thing. Like, like maybe the day I did, this is such a stupid answer, but the day that I did the the Netflix thing in LA, I, I do like, it felt so incredibly cool to like do that. Like it felt so cool to like show up that first day and every day was nice. But the first day of getting there and realizing what it all was, was like, it did make me feel like, wow, your ideas are not stupid because look at all these people that are going to work on your idea. Like it did feel very like, wow, they're giving you this opportunity. Like how cool is that? Normally it's just you and everyone else is like, okay, whatever. (laughs) But, But this is like, this is a big thing. And it did, that was a moment of like, I don't know if I want to relive the day per se, but I wish I could have like really been in it at the moment and not thinking about it as much as like I was. Cause it was like, especially
0: as, really. an, as an observer, because at times I yeah. got a whirlwind of emotions. of Yeah, exactly. Kind
1: of it was a lot of like work in my head. And I do think back on it now. I'm like, yeah, that really was the moment where you're like, Oh, okay, maybe you can do this for a living. And that's like an exciting feeling. um And then the third day is is like, this is going to sound really dumb too, but it's like, I spent a lot of time like, uh, with my partner on the weekends, just, just walking around Manhattan and those, in those days where we don't have anything to do, like we don't have like a social commitment or like, um, I don't have to like, you know, do anything for like work stuff on the weekends. Um, it's so nice when you can just walk the entire Upper West side and get an iced coffee and then, at a certain hour, that turns into maybe getting a cocktail somewhere. And then the next hour, you're, you're going to meet up with, with a friend, actually, uh, impromptu. Like, those like, kind of random New York nights, days that turn into nights, and you stay out the whole time. Like, those, are, those are like just the best. I mean, that's the reason I love like being here and like living here.
0: Well, then I'll go on to the next question about New York. What are the mm-hmm. three best things to eat in New York? You don't have to give me a specific restaurant. But just the three best things. You're like, hey, where should we go? Let's pick between these three because these three yeah, are yeah, yeah. undefeated.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the classic bagel and cream cheese is like the great start to your day. And there's so many places I'm not going to get into yeah. bagel wars, but just a good bagel with however you like to order it is like, that's, that's so good. And there's so many options here for that. Um, yeah, we'll break it down by like a day. And then like in the afternoon, I mean, it's cliche, but if you can find a really good slice place, I mean, that's great. A couple slices to keep you going. Um, I mean, that's like, that I love doing like a slice of pizza and then walking with it somewhere, just going somewhere else with it. Yeah. Um, let me think. What's another thing I would love to have that you got to have while you're here. The thing about here and the best way to explain it is like, I have like my favorite spots and stuff. Sure. But like, there are so many damn options here that it's like, that's kind of the glory of it. It's like, I never have to think about it. It's like, and it can be like two in the morning and I can probably order Thai or, sushi or you know like like mexican food or something like it's really like it's it's the the options is what i love so much so like i can't really even say like what you gotta have it's like it's more of like whatever you want you're gonna be able to get it at any hour and that's kind of the the glory of living here
0: well i'm hit you with the last one and i hope this okay. is the most difficult one. Oh god <laughs> what are the three things that you're most proud about yourself
1: hmm. Um. I'm proud of I'm proud of the fact that I I consider myself like someone who, for whatever reason, has decided to like become like a lifelong learner. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very small like area, uh, pretty rural, largely I mean like ninety percent white. uh, And I I know a lot of people that like like for whatever reason I like you know you get intrigued by certain things. You see that certain things aren't right or wrong. Not that my place that I grew up is bad. It's just you know, I, I think one thing that I, I don't even know if I'm proud of myself as much as I feel very lucky that I have found some way to like want to educate myself more on different things that I don't know about and want to learn and want to seek out information. That's probably the thing I'm, I'm, I just feel very fortunate that for whatever reason, my brain is intrigued by stuff like that. Uh, cause otherwise, I don't know, I might be like a real shithead, you know, <laughs> Like but I've learned a lot in the past, like, you know, even just the past, like 10 years alone since like even going to college. Um, So yeah, probably like that. Um, I'm trying to think I'm proud of my work ethic. I do, I do feel like I work really hard, Um, whether that's making videos or writing. I do feel like I, I do approach each day or at least each week with some kind of thought of like, let's make something, let's create, let's, let's put stuff out in the world. Um, And, you know, lastly, I'm, I'm proud of the relationships I have in my life. I do feel like it can get harder as we get older. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've got a really great group of of friends and a a partner that I really care about. And I'm, you know, I'm proud that I'm able to like keep that going in some way because sometimes I do feel like I'm very like work oriented and I'm glad that I can like still have great connections with people and, and people that I can like share parts of my life with and learn from them and whatnot.
0: Yeah, what was the tweet I saw a year ago? Uh, the the real miracle was Jesus having twelve close friends in his thirties.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Like you see it, you see people kind of drop off, and I'm 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 glad that I've been able to maintain at least a handful of good people around me. <laughs> it keeps yeah. you keeps you feeling good. So.
0: But this was obviously so much fun. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. I thought
1: I was a little nervous. I was like, I hope I can like deliver because I feel like when it's like, what are your three of these? I'm always like, oh, what do I like? like I, I go blank a lot on those kind of things. Yeah. So well, I wanted glad. to
0: balance but it between pop culture, but also more introspective questions like being proud. because It was yeah. great. I mean, this was really helpful. It's like therapeutic talking to you
1: about this kind of stuff. You <laughs> work, you work through like your, your ideas and your creativity and whatnot. And...
0: You know, I, I know I could chat with you for hours upon hours. You're just yeah. such an interesting person and, and you have a great I, I energy behind you. you. But I also know I have to restrict it because it's been an hour and I don't want to keep you up and I know i got things to do. So totally we'll, do get it again. It. we'll do it again.
1: Next time you're in New York, I will take you out. We'll, we'll do a proper three meals somewhere. we so. We we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll better,
0: we'll better start the day with a run through Central Park. though. Absolutely. That way no, we can happen. do that. We can do that. <laughs> you're the best, man. You're the best. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Take Thanks, it Matt. easy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Matt. Do yourself a favor and follow him on Twitter, Matt Bouchel, spelled B-O-O-S-H-E-L-L. Lots of funny videos, lots of great content. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life everyone has a story each person is scholar thank you for listening fill up that passport i'll see you on the road Adiento.
1: randall has become like you know new york's favorite son